Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and special guest Kathy Morrow Robertson with you here on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Kathy, how you doing? Doing great. How you doing? Doing wonderful. It is so neat to have you back. One of our favorite uh, repeat guests and collaborators. It's been too long, Kathy. It's been way too long. <laughs> What's kept you so long? <laughs> We've accumulated a, a big old inventory of mm -hmm. some really neat and intriguing topics to talk all about, right? You, Y'all have been super busy. I've enjoyed watching all of y'all's um, podcast and such. So thank well, you. Well, uh, thank you, Kathy. And, and we got plenty to talk about beyond supply chain. The Braves are moving into game four today. Ooh. We got college football. Yes. Uh, you know, as if as if supply chain, global supply chain is not exciting enough these days, huh? Tell me about it. But there, <laughs> there's supply chains with the football, with the baseball, <laughs> and all right. of that as well. That is right. All right. So today, Kathy, you and I are going to be hosting a conversation. We're really excited to have Nate Indicott join us with Rate Links. We're going to be talking about how business leaders can optimize their customer experience, CX, all the rage these days, even in these ever increasingly challenging times, and making things more predictable, right? Predictability is a beautiful thing, isn't it, Kathy? It's a beautiful thing, especially in today's environment. It sure is. Yeah. And 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 folks, you know, boring <laughs> is maybe predictability on steroids, but that's really a beautiful thing. I, I wish we had sometimes more boring supply chains, but a bit a little, little shout out there to Chris Barnes. Okay. So Kathy, we're also that the towards the latter half of today's conversation, we're gonna be talking about some research that you're leading in the reverse logistics space too, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. The uh, reverse logistics association is has been super busy for for a while and we are conducting a, a very important survey that we hope lots of people you know will be willing to contribute to help us yes tony Sharota, if he was here he, he would say finally the reverse logistics <laughs> industry is getting out of the dark side into where it should be a seat at the table you know, uh, no longer and, in the on the dark side, as he right. to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, our reverse logistics practitioners are Jedi's now. They're not. It's not uh, uh, Darth Sharoda. He is. Uh, it's Tony Skywalker, perhaps. Kathy. <laughs> That's so, a good description for Tony. <laughs> so speaking of, Felicia is with us with RLA. So great to see you, Felicia Prisbola. I uh, hope this finds you well. Hey. She's also a big fan of Kathy. Uh, we got Michael J. Darden, senior. Hopefully, uh, Mike, hopefully this finds you well via LinkedIn. Great to have you here today. So stay tuned for what's going to be a wonderful conversation. So Kathy, what is, let's see here. If you had to pick one thing that we're going to chat about today that perhaps um, you're most excited about, just one thing, what do you think that would be? Oh, my goodness. Thank you for putting me on the spot here. Well, actually, I, I have to say, I mean, it, customer service 
the whole customer experience has got to be one of the most important things. It's always been important, but I think in today's world, you know, where you have such delays occurring, you got to stay in touch with that customer. That's right. I like that. And and keep not just one finger on the pulse, but maybe, maybe all four and sometimes a thumb. Exactly. And I, exactly. <laughs> I think, you know, that's where, um, you know, I think that's where some of the um, the really cool uh, lessons learned for me have have been these in these recent years, because you know supply chain plays a critical role in that customer experience in yeah. so many different ways, and uh, it's really cool also to see organizational leaders dive in deeper into the the, the discipline that is customer mm-hmm. experience. Uh, so we're going to be talking about how uh, three ways when Nate joins us here momentarily three ways to del- to deliver a predictable customer experience in these ever changing uncertain times I want to give a little quick shout out Corey uh, Comer is with us as well the dude Kathy I think is is one of his nicknames we were talking about what's that movie we were talking about pre-show um the big Lebowski right? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, Corey, hope this finds you well. And, of course, Libby is with us as well. Libby, great to see you uh, tuned in via LinkedIn. Thanks so much. Okay, so with no further ado, Kathy, are we ready to to get things going? Yes, definitely. I am looking forward to hearing um, All right. more from do, Nate. Do you remember, really quick, because I know we both spent you know, time in South Carolina, there was a kid's show, I want to say Joe Pinner in Columbia. Does that ring a bell? Oh my God, so, vaguely, vaguely. So when we brought the guests in, he'd had the, all the kids do this, you know, let, let, let's get, let's get the uh, cartoon reel turning. Yes. So with that said, I want to bring in Mr. Nate Endicott, Senior Vice President, Global <laughs> Sales and Marketing with Rate Links. Nate, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing good, guys. <laughs> Fired up to be here, Scott. Well, great to have you back. Mr. Knows It, Kathy. Joe Penner was Mr. Knows It, just to finish that thought. Out. That, I remember Mr. Knows It. And he had the kids on the platforms, Nate, and it, like I think every Saturday morning for a couple hours, and then when he'd introduce the, the, the cartoons, he'd get, get all the kids to to engage. It was... Scott, you're old. Uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're, we may be old, but we're all old friends here, and I'm really excited yes. to have Nate back and Kathy back as we talk about not just customer experience, but supply chain and transportation and getting stuff moved and and uh, doing it in, in, in an efficient, successful way. So we're going to get to that in a second. But Kathy and Nate, we're going to have a little bit of fun, arguable fun, before we get to the heavy lifting. So did y'all know, Nate and Kathy, that today is National Savings Day? Do you have any idea? When we were talking pre-show? Tell that to my son. <laughs> so we can, we can all relate with, with kids, right? And, and how sometimes, I know I did as a kid, we ignored good advice when it comes to saving. In fact, pre-show, I'm a, I, might, I might get my legs broken later, Nate and Kathy. But on the front, before we went live, I said, okay, folks, we're going to talk about a really fun topic, National Savings Day. And Amanda, my, my dear wife, says, oh, not so much fun. You know, you know, I mean, it was not a topic <laughs> that was fun to her. But that's okay. That is okay. And, and by the way, Good morning and uh, good afternoon, Catherine McCleary. Great to see you. I hope this finds you well. All right. So let's talk about, I'm going to ask y'all two questions as it relates to National Savings Day. The first one will be more fun. And I want y'all to tell us, and then Nate, I'm going to start with you. Tell us a piece of advice related to saving money that maybe your parents or some some relatives or friends, you name it, would, would try to, you know, bang into your head as a kid. 
Yeah, I mean, I growing up in, uh, I mean, church, we'd have little stupid piggy banks that I hated. <laughs> you'd get something and you'd have to give a tithe and then you'd get to save. But my grandpa probably was the biggest influence just from a business standpoint and a, and a money financial standpoint. Just for, when I was a little kid, he just always preached to me over and over and over again. Hey, 25 bucks. Try to put 25 bucks a month away. 25 bucks, Nate, 25 bucks. And then I was a little later than I wanted to start saving that 25 bucks a month. But I probably could think of a lot more, but those are two quick things that I could think of just a savings time. I love that. Most of us are probably late to the game when it comes to savings. And I love that that little piggyback you mentioned in church for me, I want to say it was a Lottie Moon offering and they created little plastic rice bowls and everyone put coins in it and everyone bring those right those plastic rice bowls to church. So thank you, Nate, for uh, triggering that that neat memory. Kathy, same question to you. What what did you learn from parents, friends, family, you name it when it comes to savings? Oh my goodness. I think I'm with Nate. My grand, my grandparents were really big influencers and, um, and my dad. Now, mom, she saw a dollar bill. She went and spent it. So she was not that good of an influence on me when it comes to that. But I was always taught to put aside 20%, you know, just flat out set aside 20%. Right. And, and I did, you know, at an early age, cause I, I was the one that was a little more conscious of saving. I think I was I was always called the old soul growing up. You were ahead of the curve. My brother, my, my brother was another one, saw the dollar bill spinning. <laughs> so I always had a shoebox before I had a savings account at a bank. And I always dropped dollar bills here and there from babysitting, selling Avon, all the way up to the first real job. Really? Man, mm. okay. So uh, you're a bit unique when it comes. I, I was like your mom and your brother, man. I, I couldn't, that <laughs> cash would burn a hole in my pockets as a kid. By the way, Azalea says, gold is a piece of advice. And gold, like those commercials, best in gold, right? And great to see you, Azalea. Chuck Johnston is with us. Hey, Chuck, hope this finds you well. Reverse logistics is blowing up. Great to see you. I agree. And Chuck, we enjoyed your time with us uh, not too long ago. All right. So, so we've had kind of the fun side of that question fun to some of us nate i want to talk about before we get into the the center plate item here what are some what, what's a way that you've seen organizations save here in recent months uh when and whether that relates to time or money or other resources what's been a, a creative thing you've seen maybe yeah i mean i think time's a big thing i think even though it's been on their side it's also been against them i mean think about work from home and everybody has gained efficiency, but at the same time, they're in their PJs and they hadn't showered all day because they've been working since they got up till they go to bed. And sometimes, you know, in some ways it's you hear, at least from our, you know, shippers and then potential customers you talk to, it's they just, they can't get enough time back. So it's like everyone's take, you got 24 hours in a day I and mean, we always preach and teach, you know, what are you going to do with it? There's no excuse to get something done. There's two times to do something now and right now, yet you know, across, you know, the globe, all of supply chains are being tasked. And I think especially now that, every, you know, supply chain has a seat at the table, everyone's looked to on this side of the table to deliver. And I think it's, so yeah, time is one way I think they've saved, but also it's not hurt them, but how do you take advantage of it? Right. Right. And talking about seat at the table, as Greg likes to mention, you know, it's great. Supply chain has earned seat at the table in recent years, but the bad news is you got to do something about it now. You got to deliver now, right? 
That's right. Accountability. That's right, Nate. All right. So, Kathy, same question to you. What What's something creative you've seen companies out there doing to save here on uh, National Savings Day? Well, I mean, I agree with Nate. Uh, Nate took my answer, to be honest with you. <laughs> so the whole work from home for a lot of folks, I mean, that has been a cost savings in terms of real estate real estate savings from a business perspective. Right. But yeah, at the same time, we're all sitting here thinking we need to be working or on call 24 seven. And it's created that type of friction. Um, unfortunately, now I've, I've most of the time I've, I've been working from home for about 10 years yep. now. So, but still, still, and you know, there's been some great time saving apps out there. If you remember to use them, right. Some of us don't remember to use them. As far as dollar-wise cost savings from a supply chain, bless the shippers' hearts. You know, it's it's taken all and then some for them to just get their items shipped Yep. in time. Well said. So. Well said. And, you know, we were on an interview this morning with one of the uh, world's leading uh, do-it-yourself retailers. And we were talking about, you know, global supply chain burnout, you know, whether mm -hmm. drivers, fulfillment workers, retail workers, you know, we've all seen recent stories about some of the unique challenges that that our ocean transportation uh, workers have to endure. So we got, we got a love on our workforce for sure. And I appreciate both of y'all touching on that. And really quick, you know, Kath, you talked about the working from home. It's really neat to see employers leaning into that and finding a way to allow mm -hmm. that because that gives a lot of folks you know, that commute time back that then they, that then they can either get more work done or spend you know, maybe grab breakfast with their, their kids or something, you know, uh, a couple of times a oh, week. What a concept. Yeah, what a concept. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. So I want to do this. We're going to, um, we love our lists around here, Nate and Kathy, and we've kind of built the main part of today's conversation around a top three list, three ways to deliver a predictable customer experience in truly these uncertain times. So Nate, we're going to walk through these. We're going to step through these and 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 hear your your some of your thought leadership. And then Kathy, I'm going to get your take on these. And folks, folks in the skyboxes in the comments, we'd love to hear your take. Whether um, your response to what Nate is sharing or or Kathy's take, or hey, if you've got a top three list, we'd love to hear that too. So Nate, where are we starting with our top three ways to deliver that predictable customer experience? Yeah, no, good stuff. I, I would say number one is visibility, Scott, and I think especially in today's, uh, you know, as, you know, whether it's global retailer, manufacturer, distributor, everybody is focused on not just, you know, where's my freight? When's it going to show up? Managing dwell time in stock. I mean, there's a slew, a big, long laundry list of what customers are faced with managing now, but really just visibility as a whole from, you know, measuring, you can't, you know, they say, well, you can't, you know, monitor what you don't measure you can't measure what you don't you know you don't monitor i think it's put a a big focus and emphasis around data and analytics of you know moving beyond bi getting to predictive and then how do you get to prescriptive right where you can have easy to understand actions to take as a you know retailer a transportation manager or supply chain person or even finance to you know not waste time speaking of time on something that might save you a quarter of a percent when you could go out and save 15 to 20 percent if you had data and technology to go out and execute on but visibility is definitely something that has gotten a big buzz around in the last three to five years but as we've talked with 
you and Greg in the past and had a fun topic on right. the ability to where it's at is not enough. That's right. Okay. That's just a piece of it. But visibility is definitely number one. You beat me to the punch. I was about to share. Uh, you've got a great quote. They've got a lot of feedback around. I'll share that in a minute. But it's not enough. And 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 Kathy, I want to bring you back in the conversation. You know, you touched on data and metrics, and and there's a lot more to that visibility equation. But I remember when I was in manufacturing, and and you know, we're constantly solving problems. It it goes with the territory. The first thing, first step, let, let's get all the facts on the table, right? Let's figure out where things are. You know, all the facts. And as challenge, as simple as that sounds, that's part of our challenge these days. But but Kathy. When it comes to visibility and some of what Nate shared there, what's some of your uh, thoughts? Oh, I think Nate is spot on. I really like the being able to understand the actions that's needed. I mean, particularly now with all the, the delays and not even knowing who our suppliers are past those tier one suppliers. Right. And, um, you know, with the ships sitting off the coast, right. <laughs> off the west coast, as well as the east coast, because there are some waiting to enter in Savannah. Yeah, being able to be more proactive, you know, versus reactive, I think is really important. And having that real time visibility is so, so important, all the way to our front doorstep. Mm-hmm. I love that. I-, I love that. And then, of course, as we touch on the front end, on the reverse side and the return side, having that visibility come back the other way. I mean, it it's in demand. It is absolutely in demand. So to, yep, fin- yep. <laughs> to finish this uh, this first one, Nate, uh, on, on, uh, what you shared a second ago. So I'll track you down on social media. I, I love the, the stuff you dropped there, Nate, and I've, I'm quoting you here. Uh, quote, let's face it, visibility is not enough. Today, companies need to proactively manage changing conditions, network performance, and spend. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, let's talk about those last two things as we wrap up the visibility part, network performance and spend. Give me your takes on that, Nate. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at, I mean, every customer, potential customer, shipper we talk to on a daily basis and even our customers, you know, today's day and age is different than, you know, the new abnormal is different than what it was two years ago where you could, you know, have some analytics, you might have some BI and you could actually just get your team in a room and focus on maybe three strategies for the year. And, um, you know, you maybe go out and you have some cost savings goals, but you don't have to be too aggressive and you're, you know, measuring your customer experience and you're measuring, um, you know, lead times or transit. And now all of a sudden it's daily. You know, it's right. like, it, things change. It's like your metrics are changing. How can you be the first to know and then deliver, not just in, you know, outside to your customer experience as a customer, but also uh, your internal customers that need to know from you. But I, typically the two initiatives that we find right now that everybody's after is cost and performance. And so that's where it's on that performance side, that network performance and spend side. Uh, you know, you, you no longer can just have a mis- miscellaneous bucket of your accessorials and then waste time to go get them and then find that, again, you have a detention, you know, finances like, hey, why is detention up? And you find out that it's, you know, two eight of your spend. It's like, why are you focused on that? So, right. so yeah, analytics, um, spend analytics, breaking everything down. I mean, really, everyone's really wanting total landed costs. So how do you get to that? And then on the network side is again, you can't just measure track, you know, on the tracking side for network performance, you know, visibility, it's the whole thing. Like how is your network performing 
um, and then getting scorecarding and supplier scorecarding, carrier scorecarding. Visibility is king. Data is king. He who has it wins. And how do you stop having emotional, you know, outbreaks and just have facts? <laughs> There's no crying in supply chain, Jeez. Nate. I think it's what you're saying there. There's no crying. All right, so I want to say hello to a few folks. Kathy, I'm going to get your final thought here, and we're going to keep on trucking. I want to say hello, Larry Klein. Great to see you here. Congrats on your new position within uh, supply chain. So great to see you. Shiraj is with us. So hello, Shiraj, via LinkedIn. And Patrick, great to have you here as well, also via LinkedIn. Okay, Kathy, I know uh, there's only one other person I've heard uh, recently say accessorial. I think I said that right. And that would be Kathy Morrow Robertson. I know you, you, you take a deep dive there. But I heard a little story the other day. Uh, a fellow entrepreneur is in, um, um, we'll call it a printing business, as a major um, carrier would deliver things to this business, and he'd give them a box to take on their way out. He did not know that they were. he was getting dinged for three bucks per box on that. And and it was below surface level. He didn't know. And man, when he found out, oh, he was hot. But uh, Kathy, one final, when it comes to, since it came up, those shipping charges, right? A, a quick, quick commentary there before we move on to number two on Nate's list. Uh, big ouch for shippers, no matter what mode of transportation or trans or types of transportation shippers are utilizing. I mean, there are so many accessorials or surcharges, um, if you want to call them that. It's it's a way for a lot of the uh, the carriers to try to um, mitigate their cost, uh, and they're having to pass on these higher rates and such to their customers, and then those customers are having to pass them on to their customers, who ultimately we end up haven't you know as the consumer having to pay for these right. but yeah i mean they continue to go right. up um, no matter what and so the best way is to mitigate get to be really chummy with your carrier partners uh i mean partner right. with them is really what you need to be doing well, you know at the ship and goes back to visibility you got to know about them yeah. so you can do something about it right exactly and know your options yes yeah. that's right uh really quick t squared Going back to our savings, he says, from the age of 12, it started with, if you have a dollar, save a dime, and a percentage increase with age. Nice. Very nice, T-squared. All right. So, Nate, all right. So, the first one in this three list, three ways to deliver a predictable customer experience. Clearly, we've spiked the football maybe a couple times on visibility. What was number two? Two, I think, has to be diversification. You have to be, and that can you know mean many things as well, but I think uh, – you have to be able to one leverage analytics, but also have better partnerships and you have to be able to diversify, you know, whether that's with suppliers, whether that's with carriers, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, just internal, you know, customers. Right. You can't be single source anything these days. No, just about, right. <laughs> no. I, and I, yeah. People still get big guys about, Hey, I'm single source and we have great, great rates. It's like, yeah, I bet you do. But no, I think, you know, just being able to, diversify, uh, you know, on the flip side of that is not having so many systems, you know, how do you have a system that can, you know, where you can streamline, you don't want to have, you know, a ton of systems inside, but as far as the diversification, really with carriers and suppliers and be able to have better partnerships. And again, if you have the right data, it makes it easier to diversify and then become, I don't know, supplier friendly, carrier friendly, and really, you know, create a triangular partnership 
in a trusted partnership around just data and truth. Cause a lot of times it's like, Hey, if volumes go down, you know, we always call it with us, you know, you're, you're able to put a carrier on a diet. So we call it a freight diet, but the carrier actually in some ways is hauling better freight that fits them. And they actually might haul less and make more. They might, you know, haul less and be more profitable. Um, so again, just data, being able to diversify your carrier mix, um, using the right carrier fit. Um, and then the supplier side too, like, you know, a lot of time nowadays it's like, Hey, that data is sitting in front of you. So how do you leverage that data to right. diversify? It's almost a luxury if it's sitting in front of you. Uh, that, that's a great point there, Nate. Kathy, I, I'm going to share a couple of comments in a minute, but what comes to mind as we hear this diversification in, in a variety of forms? It, I, I agree. I mean, it's totally, it, it is needed across the board. Nate's right. And you're going to, you're seeing, maybe seeing a trend here, data, being able to analyze that data. Again, it's all about being proactive and mitigating, you know, those to mitigate those risks and such. But no, carrier diversification, that was something that we were pounding into everybody's heads last year, right. you know, from a last mile perspective. It used to be you'd either would, depend on just UPS or just FedEx until the big strike in the 90s uh, occurred. Then the lesson learned from there was, oh, you need both of right. them. Last year's big lesson learned was you'd need more than just UPS and FedEx and the post office. You need more. And then we also saw a lot of creative solutions coming from retailers and such as that as well. But it goes upstream. You know, there are um, diversifying suppliers is a big, it's a hot topic with a lot of retailers now. Nike, for example, Um, so much of their manufacturing is in Vietnam. Well, we all know what happened in what's happened in Vietnam. Mm. So they're mitigating those. They're loosening up uh, and expanding their suppliers as well. It's a really important topic. Mm. Excellent point. Creating lots of opportunities and uh, and some uh, you know workarounds. Uh, come on, face it. Uh, we love systems thinking across supply chain, but you, you but problem solving requires workarounds at times on a variety of scales. Uh, so, folks, Corey is in the skyboxes. Corey is a, a dear friend, the dude as we called it, with the Rate Links team. Hey, what are some of y'all's other challenges in transportation? We'd love for y'all to, to chime in there. As Alea, by the way, Nate and Kathy. Recent experiences, she says, buying furniture desk, which was, if I understand this right, math equations are not my forte, $78 desk, but the shipping or maybe with shipping was 356 bucks. How about that? Um, and uh, Corey's asking her, hey, was the delivery data also next year? I, maybe so. I bet it was a long time to get that desk. Uh, and Larry adds, always have a backup. Diversification redundancy, always having a backup. Okay, let's talk about, uh, so we had visibility number one, we got diversification and a variety of uh, definitions and and ways and uh, and applications number two. Nate, what is number three on our top three list here? I'd say three is agility and being able to, you know, how do do you go do it? How, How can you have, you know, the insights and the system, you know, and or you know, team, you know, how do you stay lean in today's day and age, but really how do you become agile and how do you go deliver an agile supply chain? But agility is definitely number three. And I, yep. from a, you know, system side, you know, I think the flip of this whole thing is what has caused a lot of people 
to streamline is everybody had, you know, if you think about just from a data side, all the data points that you're going to have, you know, ERP, TMS, WMS, OMS, trade management systems. Then you have, you know, some, some people, you know, people in some ways still kind of the, the old school mindset where you have to have a freight audit provider and then you have a tracking pot provider and then you have, you know, a data provider and then you have data quality inside. It's like, how do you streamline all that and become more agile? You know, and then you think about diversification, like, can you diversify carrier mix? Can you, you know, I was talking to a customer this morning before, you know, our call and our time together. And, you know, they have a TMS, a UPS system, a FedEx system. Their IT spends 16 to 32 weeks trying to put in regional carriers. Um, they want to become data driven. They want to digitize decisions inside. But they're like, hey, we could become data driven, but be careful what you wish for because we can't deliver that. And so that's where the beauty, obviously, with Ratelink's customers being able to, you know, have a TMS that can go do that. But having a system that you don't have to go ask IT, having a system that you can add a, you know, a same day or final mile carrier. And, you know, if, if that TMS system is not connected and it has to be fast, like how do you do it in a day? How do you do it in two right. days so you can go do that? But you need to be in control as a shipper. Um, data and systems, and there's nothing that the data should tell you that is an opportunity that you shouldn't be able to do. And I think that's the agile side of being, you know, leveraging agility in your supply chain. I love that. Kathy, what comes to mind? Yeah, I'm thinking about last year when um, COVID resulted in shutting down a lot of retail stores. And some, many of them had to like flip on a dime, literally. And go, you know, they they invested quickly into technology uh, so that they could start doing fulfillment in through their stores as well as through their warehouses to have the warehouse speak to the store, you know, linking that middle mile with the last mile, which is so incredibly important. You know, just it, you know, the the whole it just really transformed, helped jumpstart that transformation that the retail industry has really needed for so long. And we see more of the focus being taken away from just that physical store to more of that multi-channel perspective. You know, there is a lot more interest in that whole e-commerce part of it and putting them all together to provide the options. And they're using that data that we keep bringing up in our conversation. So yeah, agility, so, so, so important. Yep. I love it, Kathy. Uh, well put. All right. So as Leah is asking the question, and, and there's a couple of questions we're going to try to get in here um, in today's hour. But as, as I think this might help move into, let's just level set with what Ratelinks does. As Leah says, any thoughts on customization of data systems for carriers? What are some best fits tools, best fits tools in the building systems to fit each partner? Um, so talking about customization, you know, talking about what works for specific operations that may not work for others, talking about improving the visibility and the ability to make decisions, especially when it comes to transportation. Uh, give some thoughts there, Nate, and then let's make sure we level set on what exactly RateLinks does in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on if you're a carrier or if you're a shipper. Um, I think there's definitely systems out there for, you know, both. Some guys have had a niche where they're, hey, it's more carrier focused or it's more, you know, shipper focused. I think today's day and age is how do you build, you know, whether you're a carrier, I mean, geez, you know, it's, 
throw people and, you know, yeah, it's being a carrier in today's, it's just, I think just as hard as being a shipper, you know, or maybe right. harder in some ways. Um, but I think, you know, system wise, there's definitely systems out there that, you know, whether it's analytics and data and visibility or, you know, inside the four walls that it just, what's your strategy? Um, what do you, you know, what's your end goal? What's your initiative? And, uh, you know, go seek it out. <laughs> what, yeah. What does success look like? Yeah. I mean, let's start with like, that. it's like, Hey, you know, be careful. Just put in a system, you know, there's what three things and, you know, it's really around, you know, diagnosing you know, what is your main problem, uh, developing the right solution, whether that's, you know, internally with your internal stakeholders, uh, and the company that you're potentially going to partner with and then deploy a solution that you're going to actually solve the problem with. You know, like I think today, day, days, to today's day and age, we talked to more shippers that deployed, you know, big TMS is because they had a brand name and they couldn't get fired for choosing it. And they're coming back around after spending millions of dollars and still, you know, you haven't, finished or it's not solving the right problem. It's because they wanted visibility. It's like, that's not what a TMS is for. You know, it's that TMS is typically planning and, you know, execution. So yeah, you know, diagnose, develop, and then go deploy the right solution. That's going to give you the right results of what you want. Yep. All right. So uh, Kathy, I want to get you to weigh in here on this notion of customization and uh, sourcing solutions. And then we're gonna circle back to Nate and make sure we get a good understanding of what RateLinks does. So Kathy, any, any thoughts on, on uh, Azalea's question? I think uh, customization is, is very much needed and wanted. I mean, every, every business, shipper, carrier, or whomever has a very unique strategy. And these technologies need to address those, techno uh, those strategies. I always sit there and say, tell people that, you know, uh, one business is supply chain, is like their social security number. There's not another one quite like it. I like that. And and to be able to um, to customize um, is very important because I mean changes happen so fast. Look at what's happened over the past couple <laughs> of years. Right. You know, and thankfully a lot of these systems are cloud based, which makes it a little easier to customize. Right. Uh, to fit a particular. Uh, shipper or carrier or whomever's um, strategies or requirements and such. So that's that's a very good thing. And they're real time too, which is even better. <laughs> I love that. Democratization across supply chain has been a really neat thing. Amen. Okay. I want a couple of quick comments here. Uh, as Leah is talking about the trader shortages out there is one of the, one mm. of the challenges. Chassis, someone told me on chassis alone, it's like an eight year waiting list. Eight years? Unless you uh, know someone. Okay. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, let's share. Days maybe. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Larry says, I couldn't even get a pressure washer delivered from Lowe's. How about that? Uh, let's see here. Rhonda, great to see you here. It says, time got away from me after some PTO. Hey, PTO is a good thing. So, Rhonda, hopefully you're getting lots of PTO out there in beautiful Arizona. And then I got a couple of questions I'm going to try to circle back on. We'll try to get to those. But for the time being, Nate, in a nutshell, and it's tough to do it justice in a couple of minutes, but tell us what does rate links do? Yeah. I mean, we help shippers ship track and pay less for freight, you know, do it better. You know, and it really in today's, uh, you know, what shippers are up against, you know, again, how do you leverage data and how do you get beyond, you know, BI and reporting and, and beyond predictive, 
You know, there's data out there when you connect it all together from a control tower standpoint, you can absolutely, you know, have insights that are telling you, hey, what are your strategies? You know, how, how much would it save us if we went to this regional carrier? What if we, um, you know, looked at pool point? And what if we, I mean, again, there's multiple strategies, whether it's an LTL or truckload or ocean, or you, you got to be able to have the data telling you, so you spend less time looking and going and delivering for the organization. So RateLinks really focuses on helping, you know, shippers leverage data. Most of the time they use their same TMS, you know, they don't have to use ours. We can augment, um, you know, we want them to, op, you know, really operationalize the data. Um, and if they can use their TMS, they use it. If they need to use pieces of ours to go, you know, do it, they do it. Uh, we typically, if you're on the data side, there's no charge for the TMS. We just, just go deploy it. Uh, I think today's uh, pricing model is very interesting. Uh, for most, you know, TMS companies, they're having to hopefully change their pricing model to help customers. You know, our customers aren't handcuffed, you know, to go execute a strategy. They don't pay professional service fees. So if they want to make a change, add a carrier, do something the data tells them to do, they just do it. So really around, you know, ship track and pay um, better. We have TMS. We also, on the track and trace side, uh, one of the top real-time visibility providers are connecting that data together. And then we also come alongside on that invoice side to connect the cost side. So we, uh, one of the top freight audit pay providers. So, you know, having, you know, three to four, you know, pieces of your solution, um, you know, is pretty powerful so that they don't have to go out and I guess hodgepodge a bunch of stuff together and then focus on data quality themselves. Supply chain stone soup. Uh, we'll try to avoid that if we can, right? But you know, I, I love uh, I love the flexibility I heard there and the agility and also the willingness to play nice in the sandbox. Kathy, you're you're nodding your head. Uh, what did you hear there that that appeals to you? I mean, I think the whole collaboration perspective, working together, is 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 critical. Yep. And um, and again, data. Yeah, the ability to analyze that data. Um, so. Well, we're going to touch on that in a second. I know that's that's one of uh, your mantras here, and, and I love that about <laughs> you, Kathy. There's a lot of good stuff. We're going to touch on that in in a moment. Um, all right. So, Nate, one last thing about rate links. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned best business a couple of times, but it's been it's been vetted. Y'all have been adding to your trophy case mm -hmm. here lately. Tell us about some of that recognition. Yeah, no, I mean, everyone has awards and goes after stuff. I think for us, that's kept us busy and I, it probably will for a long time is just Gartner. I mean, being in Magic Quadrant, I can't tell you a number of deals, you know, that we didn't get, even though they've called, you know, back after you don't get it. Um, again, you can't get fired for picking someone in Magic Quadrant. So we are in the TMS Magic Quadrant. We are in the Magic Quadrant for real-time visibility. We also um, are one of the top certified providers with FedEx and UPS globally. So, you know, we're in the Gartner uh, small parcel multi-shipping carrier solution, and then also on the freight audit pay side. So we're in four, I think we're one of the only that are in four of the market guides in Magic Quadrants uh, within Gartner. Yes, and Nate, let me, I'll throw this out there because this is my understanding and folks, if I get this wrong, y'all just reach out to me. I think Rate Links is the only one in all four I may have that right. We'll see. But uh, let me know. But nonetheless, it has been, um, you know, I love third party 
uh, validation, right? And gosh, if you're going to get third-party validation, Gartner's one of the best in the business, to your point. Sheldon says, sounds like you guys have decoupled the value eroding activity of searching for transport solutions resources from the value chain, creating value for customers. Good stuff. I agree with you, Sheldon. That is some good stuff. All right. So I want to switch gears here. We're, we're kind of we're turning to come down the home stretch. Y'all with, with, with us, Kathy and Nate. Don't worry. I'm not going to no more hand gestures or any of anyway. I had a little my, my Mr. Knows It uh, flashback on the front end here. But, you know, <laughs> data, data and visibility and re, good resources, incredible resources. These are some some big themes of today's conversations. And Kathy, that's why I want to switch gears. And before we touch on the research you're leading for our friends at RLA, you've got something that I just subscribed to that at first glance, you talk about some great information, data analysis, tip of your, tip of your fingers, that uh, the Substack, what, what, do you, what do you call it? Tell, tell, what do you call that? <laughs> it's it's um website, substack.com, which um, allows folks just to write and it's free uh, to sign up. I started doing it off and on back in the spring. Yep. It's a little different than doing a blog post on the website. To be fair here, my website is old and it's tired looking and I've just been too busy to work on it. So I started writing off of Substack and it's kind of taken a life on its own. And, um, and I like to focus on rethinking the supply chain because I think we need to seriously rethink supply chains. So I just kind of focus on whatever is of interest to, to me at the moment. And for the past few months, it's been about parcels. Parcel, the whole parcel market is fascinating to me. A lot of changes need to be made in the last mile. Yep. And and we're seeing them. And so just kind of highlighting some of that, highlighting some of the pain points of retailers and what they're doing. You know, how are they addressing the changes in the market and such? Uh, that's fascinating to me. So doing that. I love that. Uh, we're going to make sure we have a link to that, Kathy, in today's oh, thank note. You. I was talking, you know, <clears throat> I couldn't think of earlier. And sorry, folks, it's the season for head cold and sinus infections. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but uh, the changing in temperatures. But I mentioned creep earlier. I meant stalk. So I stalk Nate on social, and Kathy's also a great person to stalk on social. Lots of great content. Lots of great content. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you could share that. And, hey, for nothing but transparent around here, Kathy. So I, I appreciate that. Okay. All right. So let's touch on this research for on the reverse logistics side. Yes. So – we're working on, let me back up. So, <laughs> beep, sorry. Beep, beep. All right. <laughs> yeah, I did a six o'clock in the morning interview with um, ABC Australia this wow. morning. So, I'm a little bit of it. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so yes, the Reverse Logistics Association, the only association focused on the reverse logistics. Uh, market is fantastic and it's free to join you know from an individual perspective please go to rla.org to join we have a lot of webinars uh, on a monthly basis free to sign up all kind of topics on the reverse logistics component T yeah like like you've said scott folks it's like the dark side <laughs> that's what tony calls it tony Sharota heads it up and we are working on a returns index, trying to figure out to establish how big is this whole returns thing, yep. for lack of a, a better description. Yep. And um, 
and we need everybody's help. We have a survey that's that's gone out um, late last week. It's open. It's going to be open for a couple of more weeks. Please take it. Please share it with folks. We're measuring the volume of returns. We're measuring the cost of returns. And we're going to be doing this on a quarterly basis. We'll compile the, the findings into a nice, lovely white paper that we will love to share with everyone um, and such. So please. So, yeah, thank you. I, well, I love how you how you and your efforts there with RLA and our friends, Tony and, and uh, Felicia and all, bringing structure to an industry that's mm-hmm. emerging. It's more important perhaps than ever before. Uh, and and that structure, so we can we can look at it differently and and benchmark differently. You name it. So a lot of good stuff there. Arley.org. Speaking of great resources, Nate, we've got a webinar coming up. It's going to be scheduled very soon. It's going to uh, parallel a lot of what you've shared here, but it's going to feature a large shipper with a, a very diverse product and supplier portfolio, really tackling, enhancing, optimizing, increasing that customer experience, the CX factor amid these, let's face it, everything's changing. seems like by the hour sometimes, uh, the challenge only gets tougher and tougher, but we're going to learn a lot more. It's almost like a case study, Nate. I'm really looking forward to that coming up in November. Anything you want to share uh, additionally about the webinar? No, I mean, you high-leveled it. I mean, it's with school specialty. They are keeping our schools in business, which it's a blessing. And again, I think it's one of those things. Everyone always thinks that name brands, Sometimes the name brands don't actually have as much freight as the other guys. And, uh, you know, think about, you know, globally keeping schools and, and you know, going. Um, school Specialties is, is that company. So excited to have you guys meet Andy House. He was in our home office headquarters last week and we got to spend some time together. But not just kind of how they've gone on their journey of really, be, you know, how do they leverage visibility? How do they, you know, go out and diversify? How do they become more agile? Uh, but yeah, how, their whole focus right now is just as most supply chains are, is how do you, you know, put all your focus on enhancing the customer experience? And what does that mean from a data side, a technology side, tech stack, control tower side, um, to be able to stay lean and mean and go out and improve cost and performance? I love it. And so the link for that will be forthcoming. We'll include that. If you're listening to the replay of today's live stream, we'll have that in the show notes and uh, looking forward to to hosting that with you. And let's see, Andy or Andrew from Memphis, the pride of Memphis, Tennessee, Kathy and Nate. And uh, let's see, Andy, is it Houts? Andy Houts, I believe. Is that right? Yep. Okay. All right. That answer is never yes. When When I say is that right? It's never yes. So uh, I'm setting records here, uh, Nate and Kathy. All right. I want to share this quick comment from Azalea. So again, Corey and, and others are talking about some of the transportation challenges out there. Let's see here. Azalea says she has seen an interesting dynamic between new and veteran drivers just talking with them. The vets uh, appreciate the shorter drives and the easy tech to assign loads. New drivers don't accept these loads without some big bucks. How about that? Interesting, interesting uh, comments and love having these conversations, learning from each other. That's the name of the game in these challenging times, right? Learning from each other. Okay. So what I want to make sure we do, Kathy and Nate, is I want to make sure folks know how to connect with both of you. But before we do that, I'll put you all on the spot uh, if I can. (laughs) Put you on the spot without putting you on the spot. If, you know, we've talked about a wide range of things, a lot of things that, um, it's going on in industry today. A lot of best practices that business leaders can learn from. 
I want each of y'all to pick one. It, uh, pick one thing that has been shared today, uh, whether it's came from our panel, it came from the comments, uh, you name it. What's one thing that folks don't need to lose sight of, especially when it comes to global supply chain or, or, or you name it? Don't need to lose sight of from today's conversation. And Nate, if I can, I want to start with you. Hmm. Don't rest, invest, and do something. <laughs> I love it. Or Don't, you, or you will be replaced, and someone else will get credit for doing it. Okay, so you said don't rest and best, if I no, heard you right. Don't rest and vest. I mean, so many supply chain practitioners, it's like, hey, they're so scared to make decisions. And now more than ever, you know, someone else in the organization has more data than them. So it's like, you know, don't sit back. The time is now. Leverage data, use your technologies, diversify, have better partnerships, you know, quit eating donuts and sitting in your living room. <laughs> um, let's get after it, you know? <laughs> Oh, I love it, Nate, man. I love it. I'm. I, you never know when you're going to kind of add a question to a conversation, but that was worth the price of admission. Don't sit. Don't sit around eating donuts, folks. You get time to act is now. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So, so Kathy, yeah. uh, Nate was the leadoff hitter with that one. What else would you add? What's your one thing there? Okay, that's a hard one to follow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think one of the comments uh, that was made early on: have a backup have a backup yep. always, you know, uh, that just in case. So, you know, whole, the whole big question of just in time, right. I think the whole just in case is the new mantra uh, moving forward. With you. But yeah, with you. backups. I'm with you. Important. I love that. JIC, uh, what, what's, the, what's the backup solution? Because you know, problems are going to, it's like, it's like returns are going to happen. Something's going to happen. Right. Problems are going to happen. Yep. Azalea is a big fan of the Nate, uh, she's a probably a new member of the Nate Endicott yeah. fan club. So I appreciate that. Ozlea, she says best thing she's heard all year. Okay. Let's make sure folks, we can, we can get y'all connected with our listeners uh, so they can learn more. And of course, uh, as I mentioned, they can follow y'all and connect with you on social and then some. So Nate, let's start with you. What's the, what's the easiest way to connect with you and the rate links team? Yeah. LinkedIn, uh, go connect with us. Obviously then go to, you know, ratelinks.com and connect. We have a lot of podcasts and stuff that we're doing there and pushing stuff out. But best way is probably, you know, there. And I could, my phone number's on LinkedIn. So if you want to talk, call me. <laughs> Won't be for long after this. <laughs> well, uh, I love that, Nate. Uh, fearless comes to my mind. Fearless, but it, you, you keep it real. Uh, each of your appearances with us, podcasts, live streams, and then some. Looking forward to our webinar next month in, in, in November. So, folks, stay tuned for that. We'll have a link very, very soon. All right. So that was Nate Indicott. Kathy, let's let's. How can folks connect with you and all the cool things you're up to? <laughs> oh goodness, I, I feel like I live on social <laughs> half the time. I'm on LinkedIn individually as well as through my from my business uh, i have a linkedin company page logistics trends and insights i'm also on twitter i'm on twitter a little too much probably cm robertson 06 is my twitter handle so and i do like to chat on twitter so. <laughs> hey we so join in we love it hey if you, if you love global supply chain uh folks if you if you really uh, are big supply chain nerds like at least i am won't point any other fingers you gotta uh follow nate and rate links and kathy uh on twitter and linkedin in particular those two great places uh i promise you you will not 
that'll be a, a blessing in your search for good information. I promise you. Okay. There was uh, one other thing I was going to point. Oh, uh, I was going to say a big shout out to Corey Comer behind the scenes. He's in, he's in the chat here today. I appreciate his facilitation. Uh, Nate, I always want to add, and Kathy, maybe um, this is another South Carolina reference. I always want to add another R to his last name, Nate, Cromers, Cromer. because of Cromers Peanuts, yes. right? Uh, yeah. A South Carolina legend, certainly a Columbia legend. Uh, yeah. So, Corey, <laughs> it's no offense. It, it's uh, kind of grew up with that R. Uh, in the name, but Cor- Corey Comer. I think he should change his name to Dude Cromers. <laughs> Dude Cromers. We <laughs> know. Uh, uh, well, hey, Nate, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Next time we're going to have you on, we got to refresh folks' memory. Um, we, we loved your your baseball journey and some of your your earlier aspects journey. Uh, you got to give me a call, and and we're going to fit one more question in. So the Braves. And the Brewers play here in about four hours in game four of the NLDS. What's your prediction, Nate? Fearless prediction. Who's throwing for the Brewers? You know, I hadn't seen that yet. I know Charlie uh, Charlie Morton's throwing for the Braves. I'm not sure. It's game four. Game four. Does it matter who's pitching see. for the Brewers? Kind of. Speaking of backups and diversifying, Kathy. Yes, that's um, right. Backups. What's the what's the uh, count in series right now? So it's two it's two games to one. The Braves have uh, an opportunity to close out the series. They have two opportunities at home, and it's home. Right. right. I don't think they want to wait another day. I think that tonight it's over. The Braves send Brewers home and sliding down their own slide at home court again. <laughs> I love that, and I'm getting a late breaking update. Uh, Clay, uh, also known as Diesel here because his, his engine's always <laughs> running, says Milwaukee's going to start lefty Eric Lauer. So I'm not sure. I'm not, I've never, uh, I'm not sure I've seen Eric Lauer pitch a game, but you heard it here first. Nate's calling a Braves win in game four of the NLDS. Nate Endicott, always a pleasure. I appreciate your time here today. I appreciate our partnership and, and love to see what Rate Links has got cooking. We'll see you soon, really soon, Nate. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, bye. Thank you. All right, and you know, Kathy, uh, Nate, you're drop, dude, Cromers, dude, Cromers, uh, dude, Cromers, uh, and Cor- I hear Corey saying that he's been in the peanut gallery. <laughs> oh, and he's all, by the way, Corey's also a big Giants fan. Giants got a great team, so we'll see if they can put the Dodgers away, but. That's okay. Still like Corey. That's right. Uh, Corey and Nate and the whole team. But hey, Nate, Nate keeps it real, Kathy. Mm-hmm. I, that's one of my favorite parts. He's been with us probably three or four shows. Um, and and you'd get it frank and forthright with Nate, huh? You do. You do. And you know, and that's what makes a great partnership. You know, you want to partner with folks like Nate. That's right. You know, because he's he's I don't think he's gonna blow any smoke. <laughs> In your face or anything. So <laughs> no, so. he's not. He's going to keep it frank <laughs> and forthright. You're you're right, Kathy. Um, well, hey, it's great to reconnect with you. I appreciate uh, as busy as you are. Uh, we had to go through uh, Nate's agent and your agent to get you booked here today. <laughs> but you know, y'all had y'all. Uh, I think y'all's expertise and your journey. There, there's so much common ground there. So I appreciate you jumping on and and sharing some of your expertise. Um, and we'll have to do it again soon, Kathy. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. And I really appreciate you asking me. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Had a blast. We'll have you back. Okay, folks, hopefully y'all have enjoyed this uh, 
this conversation as much as we have. I'm, I'm still stuck on d- dude Cromers. <laughs> it just kind of conjures up an image. Uh, Nate, that was, that was uh, gold, my friend, gold. But hey, folks, hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Remember the top three lists here today, visibility, diversification, and agility. And I love the, the, the concrete examples that Nate and Kathy and folks in the skyboxes kind of put behind those, those words we hear a lot today. If you like the conversation, be sure to check out supplychainnow.com. Be sure to follow Kathy Robertson and connect with her on social, especially on Twitter. If you're a big Twitter fan like I am, it's a gift that keeps on giving. So on behalf of our entire team here, Scott Luton signing off for now. Do good, folks. Give forward. Be the change that's needed. On that note, we'll see uh, back here next time on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.